Well, church family, how are we doing this morning? We're doing, uh, yeah. Hey, everyone, look, look in the camera. Welcome those watching online. Thanks for joining us as always. And uh, we're in a different series or season, if you will, for uh, this week and next week leading into Easter. We're kind of in between some series. Last week, if you were with us at Radiant Life, we kind of just wrapped up a series together called Breakthrough. That was a six-part series. And uh, we knew we were launching into a 14 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, instead of starting a brand new series for only two weeks leading into Easter, we just decided that we're going to journey together in this 14 days of prayer and fasting, um, and we're going to relate it on Sunday morning as well, leading into Easter. Then we got our big celebration of Easter, and then right after Easter, we launch a brand new teaching series together. And so I was just really seeking the Lord and trying to really understand during this 14 days of prayer and fasting, like, what are you calling us to do as a church? And if you guys remember, I talked about prayer and fasting about two weeks ago from the stage. Two weeks ago, I talked about it. And uh, so if you want to get caught up, go to online at theradiantlife.church, the media page. You guys can get caught up that way in understanding prayer and fasting. This thing actually kicked off yesterday, all right? So if you forgot that, oh no, I thought we were kicking it off today, and you ate food yesterday, the Lord will forgive you, just get it right today, all right? We'll just start today and move forward. But the idea of fasting is giving up something in the physical realm and grabbing a hold of something in the spiritual realm. And so we're trying to do something a little different for this Sunday and next Sunday. So if you're a guest with us, it's going to look just a little different, um, and that's all right. And... Uh, I was just asking God, what do you want us to do during this? Do you want us to turn it more into like a worship set, a prayer set? Like, what, what do you want? And I really felt like there was a pressing issue for 14 days of prayer and fasting that I think the Lord's calling us as a church body. And I hope you journey with me for about the next 12 minutes. I'm going to give you a ton of scripture. This may be one of those other messages where you got to turn and write, you're going to get a hand cramp if you're writing a bunch of notes down. You may have to listen to it later in the future. But journey with me for a moment. I truly believe these 14 days of prayer and fasting that started yesterday and will lead through Friday right before Easter. For us to understand something, the idea of the prayer and fasting is we're seeking the presence of God more than anything. But there's a key aspect. There is power to posture. There's power to posture. Now what I'm gonna do for the next 12 minutes is give you a ton of scripture, show you a ton of different postures that transpire in scripture and what we're called to do. And then I'll give you little nuggets throughout and you're gonna hear my heart through it all. But I love the book of Exodus. It's one of my favorite Older Testament books. A guy by the name of Moses has just led the Israelites out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt. They're trying to go to the land of Canaan or the promised land that God has said, this is where my people will dwell here. On the route to getting to the promised land, they're going to come across many tribes and people. And unfortunately, war is going to break out. They're trying to go into the land. In Exodus chapter 17, it reads this way. As long as, and this is one scenario, as long as Moses, can we read these four words together? Are you ready? As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. It's an interesting dichotomy there. What we see is when Moses is going, okay, woo, we're winning. 
And as soon as he does this, uh-oh, we're losing. Do you see the posture there? Woo! Winning. Oh, losing. Winning. Losing. Winning. Losing. That's what he's getting at. In fact, it goes on, and Moses is going to say in verse 15, Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, for hands were lifted up to the throne of God. We have a posture of hands raising up to God. In fact, Moses had a struggle with Pharaoh, who was leading Egypt at the time. And in it, uh, Pharaoh just wouldn't let God's people go. And so God says, all right, I'm going to send plagues in order to have Pharaoh to finally release. And one of the plagues was hail. And Moses had an interaction with Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's like, fine, fine, fine. Just make the hail stop. I'm going to let your people go, which we know Pharaoh doesn't at the time. But watch what Moses does in chapter 6. If you back up a couple chapters. Moses replied, referring to Pharaoh, when I have gone out of the city, Pharaoh, I will spread out my hands in prayer to the Lord. The thunder will stop and there will be no more hail. So you may know that the earth is the Lord's. So here's another posture again. Hands raised in prayer to the Lord. Now think about that. How awesome would that be if in July we have a horrible storm and it's hailing and thundering badly and you go out and raise your hands in prayer and the hail and thunder stop. That would be pretty cool. But that's what happens here. Posture. Hands are up in prayer. Posture is a part of biblical prayer. We see it through and through. You just saw it there. In 1 Kings chapter 8, what's interesting is um, King David doesn't get to build the temple, which is uh, in the ancient world, you could say it's where sacrifices are made, where it's like the church in the ancient world back then. But his son, King Solomon, gets to build the temple. It gets finished, and Solomon is going to dedicate the temple to the Lord. And watch again the posture of King Solomon. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel. Why are they all there? Because they're so excited they get a church building, in a sense. The temple, it's here. And what did he do? Posture. Spread out his hands towards heaven and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. And then it goes on in a couple verses when he's done, watch what happens. When Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling another form of posture. He had been kneeling with his hands spread out toward heaven. In other words, what did Solomon look like as he's dedicating the temple? He is kneeling with his hands praying to God like this. Oh God, we dedicate this thing to you. It's yours. Oh God, we thank you so much. And that's what his posture looked like. Moses, winning, losing, winning, losing. King Solomon, God, this is yours. All of it. In fact, in the book of Ezra, Ezra's a short little read in the Older Testament. Ezra finds out that the nation of Israel has, has been disobedient to God. They've been sinning deeply. And it has broken God's heart. What is happening at that time is God has ordered and commanded the Israelites, hey, don't intermarry 
with the pagan nations. Don't, because they're gonna lead you astray from me. It's not healthy to marry because you marry that wife, you marry that husband, and they worship this pagan god. They're gonna lead you away from me. Don't do it. Ezra finds out, oh my goodness, you guys are disobeying God. And in the midst of ancient mourning, what they did is they would throw ashes on themselves and rip their clothes apart. Aren't you glad we don't mourn that way today? That's really weird. Wow, did that bright light just shine on me. Squirrel, what? I can't even read the slides anymore. Hold on, let my eyes adjust. Look what Ezra says as he's in mourning for the nation that disobeyed God's command. He reads this way. At the time of sacrifice, I, Ezra, stood up where I had sat in mourning with my clothes torn. I fell to my knees, posture, and I lifted my hands to the Lord my God, and I prayed. What is he doing? He is interceding on the behalf of the nation of Israel, exactly like Solomon. I'm kneeling with my hand saying, God, oh, forgive us of our sins. Oh, that we were wrong. We disobeyed you. And this was his posture. Do you know what happens next after he's here? The nation of Israel comes and repents, and they have a quick, swift revival in the nation of Israel. But look at the posture of Ezra. Nehemiah writes this. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Posture can bring victory in spiritual battles in your life, right? This is the way I I stood. I, I began immediately, right? As long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. That was probably pretty tiring for Moses. He doesn't want to lose, so his hands are raised, right? And eventually he's going to have to get some help. But I know you know how to pray and worship like this. You know how I know? Because I know when your sports team's winning, woo! And when your sports team's losing, ah, right? Yesterday I watched a little bit of Michigan basketball. Woo! We won! I watched Ohio State get upset. Woo! I mean, for Ohio State fans, you're like, ah, man. Can I just encourage you? Your sports team has never done anything for your eternity. Yet you know how to worship your sports team. May we worship even greater our creator who has your eternity in his hands. We got to worship greater. Listen, there is power to posture. There is power. Now, please hear my heart. Please hear my heart. I don't want anyone to walk away from this message sitting there going, oh, great, Pastor Ryan's making us raise our hands in worship. I'm not saying that. Please hear that. Please hear that. I do believe as scripture, and I got a ton more scripture we're going to go through real quick, there's power to our posture. The one thing you can walk away from and say is that I do believe we should do every posture at different times with regularity. Let's admit, in the American church, what do we know really well to do in a church service like this? We know how to sit and we know how to stand. That's it. Unless you come from maybe a little bit of higher church background, you may get to pull the kneeler out and kneel here and there. But we don't do anything but sit and stand. I was in Sierra Leone, Africa with Pastor Josh three years ago. And uh, 
on a missions trip. And I think every single one should go on a missions trip. And what I mean by that, I think you got to get out of America to go see the faith of our brothers and sisters in other countries. They will inspire your faith. I promise you that. I go into, man, it is getting hot in here. Sorry. <laughs> These extra lights. Um, I know my shirt's really loud today, so <laughs> bear with me. All right. Um, so I go and do, uh, we, we go. It, <laughs> we go and do church. It's Sunday morning and we do church. And I, I'm kind of looking forward to it because I've never gone to an African church and worshiped that way. And so I get there and um, it's just this little one room building. No air conditioning. It's hotter than Hades right now in Africa. I'm sweating. I'm like, oh, I can't deal with this. And you know what I'm sitting on? Just a log. Like not even with back support. Right? And they're worshiping. And Okay, you think we're loud? Go to an African church. They are loud. They don't have speakers. You know what they're loud with? Their voices. And we sometimes sit back and say, well, I'm not singing. You know, we were an hour into the service. I kid you not. An hour into the service. We hadn't even got to the message yet. They were still singing. And you know what they were doing while they're singing? They're looking around for anything they have. They got water bottles. They're putting rocks in it. And that's, they're just shaking that sucker. They're banging rocks together. And I was like, oh, dear God, this is so loud in here. But you should see the joy on their face. You know how many times they pass the offering basket around in one hour? Three times. You know also, one time someone forgot to drop money in, and oh man, they walked down the middle and they're like, oh, 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 and dropped that money in. They were so thankful to give. It's all different postures. Oh, do they not know how? Oh, do the, the, I'm going to tell you, our brothers and sisters in Africa know how to worship. They know how to worship. There's all different postures. There's kneeling, there's singing, there's arms raised. I do believe that every posture we see in the Bible should be used at different times with regularity. Is it always in, this, in a church building? No, it doesn't always have to be. For some of you, you could be at home listening to worship music and just, I'm just gonna raise my hands right now and you're all alone and that's okay. I, I, I never kneel. I'm not a kneeler, right? A six foot six frame getting down there is really a long way down. Right? And I'm getting old. I can't bend down anymore. I'm, I'm telling you, that, that, that is all I can do right there. They ain't getting any closer. And uh, I, I was in my, uh, my home office the other day. And as I was sitting there, I was reading God's word. And I put it aside. And I'm starting to pray. And in the moment, I just felt a weight of the church. And I got down on my knees and just started pleading for the, on behalf of all of you. And I don't normally kneel, but it was a posture that I needed in that moment for me. Did I do it here in front of you all? No, I did it in my own quiet time. At, I think we should do every posture at different times with regularity. Here's another instance. And uh, I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag on this. I, I went for a run yesterday. And uh, I took a week off. I tried to take about a week off here and there just from exercising to let my body heal. And um, I was trying to use an excuse that my calf is tightening up because I was going to make it a shorter run. And um, a couple weeks ago, I ran through a neighborhood that is just, I felt the presence of evil there. 
And uh, it was just, it was like a spiritual warfare was happening. And I hadn't been back in that neighborhood. And so I did my run and I was going to bypass this neighborhood. Because again, my excuse was, I need to get home now, right? Maybe I'm feeling a little cramp in the calf. I just need to go home. And I felt God literally tugging my heart says, go into that neighborhood. And I was like, nah, not a good idea, Lord. Because what that's going to do is it's going to add an extra mile on my run and I'm already maybe cramping. Obviously, you don't care about my cramp, Lord. (laughs) And so the Lord wins. And I go in that neighborhood and I just felt in that moment, man, I probably looked like an imbecile. I ran that neighborhood going like this, praying out loud. There were people outside too. (laughs) I probably looked crazy. But I'm telling you what, I was running that neighborhood. I felt like I had to raise my hands. And as I was running by homes, I was like going like this, almost like I was laying my hands on the homes. And as I was running, I was just praying, God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, you, good timing. Um, Now I feel like I'm blue man right now. But I'm just praying, God, would you release your kingdom come says you came to set the captives free. And I don't know what in these houses, but oh God, would you set them free in the name of Jesus? And I'm running around saying that. Cuckoo! But I felt like that was just the posture I had to do in that moment. On a run, weird, I know, but I obeyed and really felt that the Lord was breaking strongholds in that neighborhood. Oh, and then I had a joy, and I sat there, and I'm like, God, if I'm the only light in this neighborhood, may I beam even brighter so the enemy has to flee in this moment? It was just powerful in that moment. That was by myself and anyone else watching this crazy guy run. But it was there. Look at what Nehemiah says. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And watch this. All the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. Posture. Watch this. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with faces to the ground. Posture again. Let me ask you, have you ever bowed down face to the ground in worship before? That you have been so burdened by something or there's a deep desire to seek God in everything that you just laid prostrate and worshipped. It's posture. The book of Psalms is 150 chapters. The book of Psalms is all about worship. Don't you find that interesting? That of all the books, the longest book in the Bible is all about worship. I think we ought to pay attention. Psalm chapter 28 says this, hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift up my hands towards the most holy place, as I lift them up. Do you see what's happening? This is a cry of prayer that, God, I just need you in this moment, and I'm lifting up my hands. I love what Charles Spurgeon, a pastor and theologian, says about prayer. This is his quote, prayer is the natural outgushing of a soul in communion with Jesus. Do you see it right here? The psalmist sitting there going, my cry for mercy, God, I need you. And this is the posture that I'm in because it's matching my heart. Prayer is the natural outgushing of a soul in communion with Jesus. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. 
I will, Psalm 134, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night and in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Lift up your hands in the auditorium. Lift up your hands in the worship center, whatever church calls that area, and praise the Lord. It's posture. Oh, we're not done yet. I desire then that in every place, this is writing to Timothy. Paul is writing to a pastor in order to understand, hey, Timothy, this is how you're to tell the men of the church in Ephesus that you are leading how to pray. I desire then that in every place, the men should pray, how? Lifting holy hands. Of all things, that Paul would write to a pastor on how to teach the men of the church to pray, he says, you're to lift holy hands. It's posture. Again, am I saying it has to be done with it in the church service? No, what I am saying is I think it should be done at different times with regularity in our walk with Jesus. Then he says, this is Paul writing in the book of Acts. Paul visited this city And they're like, oh no, Paul, please stay, please stay, please stay. And then Paul's like, I gotta go, I gotta preach the gospel. And he says, when he, Paul, said these things, that I gotta go, watch this, he knelt down, posture again, he knelt down and prayed with them all. There is power to posture. Psalm uh, 95, which is a beautiful scripture, says this, oh come, let us, watch this posture, worship is a posture, and bow down is a posture, let us kneel before the Lord, posture, our maker. Oh, I'm going to kneel in worship now. It's a different posture. Psalm 95, verse 1, come on everyone, let's sing for joy to the world, or to the Lord. Let's sing for joy. Why do we sing? Because we have the joy of salvation inside of us. That no matter what hell that I'm going through on earth, I can still sing because my God is good no matter what. And I know the joy of my salvation. Oh, I'm going to sing for joy. I'm going to sing for joy. Psalm, uh, and then it goes on. Let's... (laughs) Pastor, your church is too loud. Let's shout our loudest praises to our God who saved us. There it is. What is God after? He's after our heart. But it's very instructive knowing our posture matters. Don't hold back your praises. Make him great by your shouts of joy. Ryan, I'm afraid to sing out loud because I'm not a good singer. This guy cannot sing. And I understand. Well, Ryan, I'm, the, the person in front of me or behind me or to my, to my left, to my right, they don't want to hear me. You may be right. They may not want to. But your heavenly father does. And I can set aside my preferences to come in and worship my maker. No matter who's to my right, to my left, in front of me, or behind me. No matter if I come in here with my boyfriend, girlfriend, my wife, my husband, whatever it is. I can set aside that fear and say, I will worship my maker. Psalm 47. Clap your hands, all peoples. It's too ruckus. I don't clap my hands. Uh, Clap your hands. It's an act of worship. It's a posture. Clap your hands. I don't know about you, but I like when the team gets us to start clapping, right? And uh, as soon as we start clapping, I'll clap with the team. 
And that as soon as we start singing, I got to stop clapping. Because I cannot sing and clap at the same time. Right? I will start singing the worship song and my beat will be all off and then it's just all disaster. I'm like, okay, I'll just stop. Y'all clap. I'll sing right there. This is clap. Clapping's too loud. Shout to God. Shouting's too loud. With loud songs of joy. What is Ryan saying? I have, I'm not up here promoting a Pentecostal agenda. I have no interest in promoting that. I have an interest in promoting what God requires of us in worship. Posture should match our heart. You saw it when you need to cry, kneel, when you just need to come to the altar and lay it down and say, God, I need more. It may be an act of posture of kneeling on our knees. It may be raised hands. It could be standing here, though, going like this. Is God, I just, I just need you right now in this moment. I think posture should match our heart. And be reminded what posture is. It's just an outward expression of an inward reality. And what's the basis of our posture? Are these five words. God wants all of us. He's not interested in part-time followers of Jesus. He's interested in full-time worshipers of who he is. And maybe for some of us, These 14 days of prayer and fasting is just walking the journey of maybe sometimes I just need to change my posture here and there. In your own quiet time, in your car, listening to worship music, when you're exercising, maybe in here, whatever it is. My encouragement to you though, I realize we all have a comfort box that we're good with. Allow these 14 days of prayer and fasting to maybe stretch your posture a little bit and change it up a little bit. Try something new. I remember in college, I went to a Christian college. And unfortunately, but fortunately, I had to go to 46 chapels every semester. And if you didn't accomplish 46 chapels, you got fined. So I was like, oh, good God, I'll go to every single one of them and get this thing over with, right? That's what my heart motivation was. I remember walking into one chapel one time, and it was a worship chapel. And I walked in, and I sat in the back, and I remember we started singing, and there's this one song. And I remember the song now. It was, How Great Is Our God. And I remember standing in the back watching just a, just a massive amount of students, college students, sing, How Great Is Our God, with arms raised. And I sat there and go, what a bunch of weirdos. Because I wasn't raised that way. I saw like one person in my entire life like raise their hands in worship. But I'm sitting here singing, how great is our God, how great is our God. And something happened inside of me. My arm started to go up. And I was like, uh-uh, don't, don't you dare. You ain't going up. And I remember that prompting more. Would you step out of your comfort? So I remember singing, how great is our God? With my head bowed. Oh God, you are great. Oh God, I'm acknowledging you in this moment. You are so good.
I'm surrendering it all to you. Forgive me for the way that I've treated worship. Forgive me the way that I liked my comfort when you were stretching me. And I give it to you. We're going to sing a song called I Surrender. And maybe for some of you, maybe you just got to come and kneel at the altar and just worship that way. But I'm going to ask you to stand in this moment. Go ahead and stand. And we're going to worship together. Again, is Ryan saying all hands have to be lifted? No, I'm not. I'm not. But I'm going to ask maybe for some of you, it's, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. I'm going to just try something. Whether it's here, it's, I'm going to come to the altar for the first time. But God wants all of us. That's what he's after. So let's surrender everything we have over to him. And if you need prayer, I think our prayer partners are going to go down in the corner, but our altar's open too if you just need to come and kneel and surrender it all to Jesus.